Notice what else the demons say. He says, they say, I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Remember, Jesus is God's Son. And he lived in heaven before he came to earth as a man. Jesus existed before all things, and he created all things, which means he also created these fallen angels. The demons who confront Jesus as a man in the synagogue once, once worshiped Jesus in heaven. They know exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is the eternal Son of God, and He is the Holy One. He is the Messiah sent to bring God's kingdom and deliver God's people from Satan, sin, death, and hell. Thank you for listening to the Calhoun Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Abney. In this episode, we'll be delving into the powerful words of Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28, and exploring the authority of Jesus through a sermon delivered by Pastor Mark Abney. Through his insightful preaching, Pastor Mark will guide us in exploring the significance of Jesus' authority and what it means for our lives. Whether you're a longtime believer or new to the faith, this sermon is sure to provide you with new insights and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and join us as we listen to Pastor Mark's transformative message on the authority of Jesus. And now, Brother Mark. More than anything we can give God, more than anything we can bring into the storehouse, more than all the times that we could read His Word, more than any prayer that we could offer, God wants our obedience. We're going to continue on in Mark chapter 1, looking at verses 21 through 28, entitled the message, The Authority of Jesus. Mark 1, 21 through 28. Would you stand with me as we read out of the Word of God? And they went into Capernaum. And immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. And immediately there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 25, But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And the unclean spirit, convulsing him and crying with a loud voice, came out of him. And they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority. He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And at once his fame spread everywhere throughout all the surrounding region of Galilee. Let's pray. Father God, take your word and embed it deep in our hearts. Lord, as it is in there, may we bring it up again and again, ruminate upon it. That your word might quicken us and make us alive. That it might do all the work that you have sent it to do in us and through us and around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Here we come to the first miracle in Mark of Jesus. Remember the gospel of Mark is full of action. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John spend a lot of time on Jesus' teaching 
Luke with probably the most detail. But Mark, he loves to share especially the things that Jesus did. He's all about action. And so we will see a lot of action in the Gospel of Mark. And here we see this action of Jesus doing some miracles. We should never underestimate the power of a great teacher. I was playing basketball Saturday and a gentleman come and played with us. He was one of Jesse, my daughter's old teachers in high school. And after the game, Eric Hankins, myself, and him were talking about uh, some of the great teachers and how teachers have a great influence on students, how they can influence them to go a certain direction in life. And so I was talking to Aaron about uh, being Jesse's favorite teacher. And I said, because you were her favorite teacher, she majored in chemistry because he taught chemistry in high school. She majored in chemistry and now she is a chemist with 3M. And so you had a huge influence, a huge impact on my daughter's life. And so it is with the teachings of Jesus when you read his word, when you read his teachings and you let his word work in you, you it has a huge impact on your life. I believe it's safe to say there was never a greater teacher anywhere than Jesus. Mark gives us a glimpse into Jesus' teaching ministry here in this passage, and the main word that he wants us to focus upon is authority. That Jesus taught with authority. The thing that marked Jesus' teaching apart from everybody else's was this authority that he taught with. So let's, let's take a look at this passage. First, Jesus' authority in his teaching in verses 21 and 22. They went to Capernaum, and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went in the synagogue and he began to teach, and the people were amazed at his teachings because he taught them as one who had authority, not as their other teachers in the synagogue. They, in verse 21, is Jesus along with the four disciples that he picked up in the, the chapters that we read earlier in verse 1, which would have been Peter and Andrew, James and John, the sons of thunder, who are now following Christ, and they follow Christ to Capernaum. And so uh, there they are um, at Capernaum. Capernaum was a fishing town located on the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee. It was a fairly large city, about 10,000 people, and it was a major trade route. Capernaum is a pretty important city, and it's pretty important in the Gospels. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth, but he began his public ministry, and his home base was Capernaum. Because it was a large city, Capernaum had a major synagogue or a church. And although the original synagogue is long gone, if you went to Capernaum today, you could see the ruins of this synagogue. It was built in the 4th century. The synagogue was the center of religious life for the Jewish people. You might visit the temple in Jerusalem annually, but the synagogue was a place you went weekly. Worship included prayers, singing of psalms, various readings from the scripture, and a sermon from time to time as they taught from the scriptures. Not just anyone could start and come and teach in the synagogue. You had to be invited. There were regular rabbis and teachers. There were also great guest teachers from time to time. If you remember from last week, Jesus had already began his public ministry. 
The Gospel of Luke tells us that it was Jesus' custom to go to the church on, on the Sabbath, to go to the synagogue. So it was natural that the ruler of the synagogue might, might extend an invitation for him to teach. You will notice that Mark does not tell us what Jesus taught on that morning. Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> I think it would, it would have been interesting to see what amazed him so much about his teaching with authority. That's because the emphasis is really not so much on what Jesus taught, but how he taught. You see, he taught with authority, and that's what Mark kept expanding upon. If you want to notice, I want you to notice two things from this verse. First of all, the people were amazed at Jesus' teaching. The people were amazed at his teaching, and I don't know what they were expecting when they went to the synagogue that morning, but whatever it was, they got something different. There was something about Jesus' teaching that stood out to them. They were amazed at his teaching. We're going to see this theme of amazement over and over again in the Gospel of Mark. Mark, more than any other Gospel writer, loves to emphasize the people's amazement at Jesus, what he said and what he did. Secondly, Jesus taught as one with authority, not as the teachers of the law. They were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as a teacher of the law. So they had been at the synagogue before, and they went every Saturday. Saturday was the Sabbath at that time. And they heard the teachers before, probably some really good ones. We know they, they were at least teaching from God's Word, so it couldn't have been all bad. But there was something about Jesus' teaching that when He taught, uh, He taught that with authority. So you can imagine, if Jesus was your Sunday school teacher, you would get an ultimate insight and a perfect interpretation of the Word of God, right? Because <laughs> He is the Word. Some people think this refers to the way the teachers of that day would reference other teachers as they taught. They would say things like, you know, Rabbi Pius says, da 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 Well, they would try to footnote everything they said to build their case for the interpretation they were providing. And that may have had something to do with it because who would Jesus reference? <laughs> I mean, he would have to reference himself because he is the Word, right? Jesus was not simply teaching the Scriptures, but he was pro proclaiming the nearness of God's kingdom and the calling, uh, calling of the people to have a personal response. Jesus' mes message back in Mark 1.15, which we read as he first started preaching after he was baptized, he said, the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the, gospel, the good news. Authority comes from experience, integrity, and maturity. If we had a 10-year-old get up and speak to us about marriage, we might not take too much about what he said because, of course, he's never been married. But if we had a 70-year-old woman who had been married for 50 years get up and teach us about marriage, we would take that to heart amen because we would have she would have authority to speak on the subject so authority comes from experience integrity and maturity well jesus had authority like no other he was god in the flesh he was commissioned by god he was sent by god 
from heaven to earth. He was filled with the Holy Spirit of God. He was anointed by God for His ministry on the earth. He had authority because He was God. He was Emmanuel, God with us. He was the eternal Son of God who had entered our world as a human being. He was not, he was not part God and part man. He was fully God and fully man. That's why later on when the chief priests and the Pharisees sent the temple guards to arrest Jesus, they came back empty-handed and the priest asked the guards, he says, why didn't you bring him? And in John 7.46, the officers answered and said, no one ever spoke to us like this man. <laughs> Can you imagine? They went to arrest Jesus and he spoke to them he did with words of authority and they left and didn't take him as a prisoner. The people were amazed at Jesus because Jesus taught them as one who had authority, not as their own teachers of the law. Secondly, in this text, we see that Jesus has authority over demons. Jesus not only had authority in his teaching, but he exercised authority over Satan and his demons. Let's look at this demonic encounter in Mark 1, 23, and 26. Just then a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit cried out, What do you want with us? I want you to notice that the man spoke in plural. Many times when people are possessed, they are possessed by demons, not just a demon. And take note of that because uh, when, when you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you have the one true God. That is the one spirit. But when you are possessed by demonic spirits, you usually have more than one spirit living in you. This man cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Notice they, they called him by name. They knew who he was. They knew where he was from. Not only that, he says, Have you come to destroy us? Because I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. Jesus said, be quiet. He said, shut up. <laughs> he said, shut up and get out. And the Holy Spirit had to leave because Jesus has the authority to cast the Holy Spirit out. Huh? The unclean spirit, the evil spirit. You're, you're right. Thank you very much. Be quiet and get out. Jesus is confronted by this evil spirit. He's, he's busy teaching in the church. When all of a sudden this man with an evil spirit comes out of the middle of, his, of the crowd of his teaching and you know he starts yelling at him these things. That's never happened to me as I've preached. I've preached for several years. I've never had someone with an unclean spirit come and sit in the, in the midst of the assembly and while I was preaching, cried out something to me. Now, I've had Terry blurt out some things during the message. <laughs> Terry the terrible. <laughs> but I've never had someone that, that did that. I did have, I was preaching at a nursing home, and I had a very good friend of mine, a man, who had surrendered to the ministry, and I thought, well, I'll take him to the nursing home with me and kind of let him start taking over the nursing home so that he could learn the ropes of preaching and ministering and things. And this is a very good place to, to kind of, you know, get your wings, if you will. 
And so we was there and I was preaching and he was sitting amongst the crowd and there was this lady sitting by him and I was preaching along and she'd go, oh. And I just kept on preaching. She'd go, oh. I just kept on preaching and she did this another time. Oh, and she looked over at Jeff, my friend, and she goes, somebody pray and let's get out of here. And she slapped her leg just like that. <laughs> We laughed at that for days, and I've told that story over and over, and now when we're in small groups, someone goes like that, we know it's time to pray and get out. <laughs> Here in our text, we know that there, that was an evil spirit because the Bible says so. Amen? This spirit cries out in the midst of the assembly, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. You are the Holy One of God. The demon's words are combative and confrontive. Literally, the demon cries out, What are you going to do with us, Jesus? Now, an evil spirit, a demon, is a fallen angel. Now, angels are beautiful and awesome beings. They were created by God to worship God, to love God, to live in God's presence, and to do God's perfect will. But we know from reading the Bible that a third of the angels left when Satan was cast out of heaven. And I don't know how many angels that, are, that is or are. I don't know how many of, of the total amount there, there is. There must be a lot. Because when a third of them left with Satan, those are the demons that are on the earth with Satan going around doing Satan's will and trying to possess people who do not know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and to reap all kind of havoc in people's lives. These evil spirits once worshipped God in heaven as a beautiful angel. Their place is supposed to be with God, but now they cry out as they are fallen angels, as they are demons, they cry out, What are you going to do with us, God? Jesus, the Holy One? The answer, of course, is nothing. Good can have nothing to do with evil. And evil cannot live in God's presence. So Jesus says, get out. <laughs> you have no place here. Go away. And they have to follow. Jesus was teaching that the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand Repent and believe the gospel. The demons respond to the message of Jesus saying, Have you come to destroy us? Well, absolutely. He's came, he came to destroy all evil. John, 1 John 3.8 says, The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. The book of Revelation makes it clear that Jesus will destroy all of Satan and his demons and the followers in a great battle at the end time. These demons who once were beautiful angels are now just are now spitting anger and evil and bitterness at Jesus in this confrontation because they know God's kingdom is near at hand and through Christ they hate Jesus with a passion. Notice what else the demons say. He says they say I know who you are, the holy one of God. Remember, Jesus is God's Son. And He lived in heaven before He came to earth as a man. Jesus existed before all things. And He created all things. Which means 
He also created these fallen angels. The demons who confront Jesus as a man in the synagogue once once worshipped Jesus in heaven. They know exactly who Jesus is. Jesus is the eternal Son of God and He is the Holy One. He is the Messiah sent to bring God's kingdom and deliver God's people from Satan, sin, death, and hell. The people in the church that day did not know who Jesus was, maybe, but them demons absolutely knew who He was. So how does Jesus respond to these demons? Well, He confronts them and He drives them out. He says, shut up and get out. Notice Mark says that when the demons left, the man's body shook with convulsions or violently shook. The word here means a violent shaking or a convulsion. A demonic possession is in the soul of a person. You may have heard that your soul is in your body, but actually your body is in your soul. You have to think about that for a little bit, but it makes a lot of sense. You see, what is in the soul controls one's thoughts and actions. And when someone is possessed by a demon, that demon takes up residence in the soul. And that's how the demon or the evil spirit controls a person. These demons who are in the soul overpower a person's spirit, resulting in that person doing the will of the demons. When the demon exits, or demons exit, there is a tearing away of those spirits from the soul of that person, which manifests itself in this violent shaking of the body. Literally a tearing away of a person or tearing them in two. And when Jesus cast out these demons... The man violently shakes and he cries with a loud voice as he is torn in two. Notice the people's response. Mark 1, 27 and 28. And they were all amazed. So they questioned among themselves saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even unclean spirits and they obey him. And at once, his fame spread everywhere throughout all the region of Galilee. They were amazed at Jesus' authority. Mark points out how amazed the people were at Jesus' teaching and authority, and he points out how amazed the people were at the authority Jesus had over evil spirits. He taught with authority about the coming of God's kingdom and the urgency to repent, and he commanded power over the demonic world. Deuteronomy 18.14-22 says, For these nations which you are about to dispose, listen to fortune tellers and diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not allowed you to do this. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among you. From your brothers it is to him you shall listen. Just as you desire the Lord your God at Horeb on the day of the assembly, when you said, Let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God or see this great fire any more, lest I die. The Lord said to me, They are right in what they have spoken. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brothers, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he will speak to them everything I command him. And whoever will not listen to my words that he shall speak in my name, I myself will require of him 
But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. Jesus drove that demon out in front of all of them. And he was demonstrating the truth in what he was teaching because he was teaching the kingdom of God is near. Therefore, repent and believe the good news. This news about Jesus speaking with authority and commanding demons with authority spread quickly. Mark tells us the people were amazed at what that happened and they were talking about it. And the news about Jesus spread quickly. I mean, this was not your typical day at church. Amen? Can you imagine someone that missed that day that asked, what happened at church today? <laughs> wow, where do I start? <laughs> he was at church and Jesus showed up and he started teaching with authority and then this demonic person cries out uh, at Jesus and confronts him and Jesus casts the demon out of the person and the person became in his right mind and clean. What a day at church that would be. The people were amazed and the news of Jesus' teaching and miracles spread quickly. There's a new teacher in town. He's not like our old teachers. He teaches with authority. He even exercises authority over evil spirits and they obey him. In conclusion, what, are, what is your response to Jesus? What are some ways that we can apply this text of Jesus' words to our lives this morning? First of all, I say we should read the Gospel. People were amazed at Jesus' teaching, and much of that teaching has been written for us in the Gospels. Do you want to know Jesus more and walk with Him more closely every day, then read the Gospel. And you'll be amazed at the authority of Jesus as you encounter Him again and again through the Gospel message. His words are life. And His words come to life off the page as the Holy Spirit who lives in you interprets each word for you. Secondly, Claim Jesus' authority over Satan. You see, Satan is our enemy, but he's a defeated foe. Although Satan and his demons still cause plenty of damage in our world, if you are in Christ, he has no authority over you. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are all holy, without sin. And where they live, sin cannot live. And if you're saved, you have the Spirit of God living in you. Therefore, it is not possible for an evil spirit to cohabitate with the Holy Spirit that is in you. So you, as a believer, cannot be possessed by a demonic spirit because it, has, it, it cannot coexist with the Holy Spirit who is holy. Therefore, it is not possible to have this spirit because God does not allow sin or demons in His house. And we are the house of God. Amen? You and I have no authority on our own over demonic, but through Jesus Christ we've been given authority over Satan. 
Matthew 10, 1. And he called to him his twelve disciples, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. And then he sent them out. Matthew 10, 7. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and cast out demons. Yes, that's your job. So if I said, well, we have this person who has a demonic possession. I need some people to come and help cast out this demon. How many people do you think would show up from the church? A few, maybe. But it's not something that we normally do in the church anymore, right? But I believe that people still have demonic possession. I believe there are people walking around every day that we come in contact with who are possessed by an evil spirit. Now listen, it isn't always evident, right? But you're either for God or you're against God, right? And if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in you, you are not for God. Even though you are a good person, you do good things, and you, you don't do evil things, you are still against God because you are not one of God's. Does that make sense? And it is very possible for you to get demonic possession of your life and for terrible things to happen to you if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That's why it is so important that you and I Trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior. It's the best decision that we could ever make because it protects our soul from any demon. Now they can come at us from the outside and cause us to do all kinds of stupid stuff, right? And they do all the time. Paul says, I don't always do what I want to do. I end up doing the wrong thing and I hate it when I do that. He, he's talking about demons that are attacking him on the exterior, right? They tempt us. They do all kinds of things to us. They inflict all kinds of punishment upon us. They can even inflict uh, uh, diseases and health, uh, bad health upon us. But we have authority in Jesus Christ to rebuke every demonic attack that comes our way. That means that we who are saved through Jesus Christ have power over the devil as he attacks us in everyday life. It also means that we who are saved through Jesus Christ have power and authority to remove demons from other people. We know and see the kingdom of heaven is near as we see God at work all around us. And that we see Him at work every day. He's always doing something. He never quits working. So therefore... You and I are commissioned to spread the news of Jesus far and wide because we are so amazed at all of his authority. When Jesus came to earth, the kingdom of God broke into our world as evidenced by Jesus' teaching and miracles. And all that met Jesus were amazed at his authority. Jesus quoted from Isaiah 61 about his ministry, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and to release them from darkness for the prisoners. This was Jesus' ministry here on earth. This is what he's called us to do as we continue to do his work right here on earth. 
The brokenhearted are those people who are weakened, who are crushed, who are destroyed in their spirit. The term describes someone who is spiritually needy. And they long for the Lord's help, for comfort, for deliverance, for peace and salvation. To heal the brokenhearted is to give good news and hope to the hopeless. And that's what God has called us to do. He said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and I will be with you forever. The good news is the commission that Jesus gave us before he ascended into heaven. God's kingdom continues to advance in the world today as believers in Christ yield their lives to him to share the gospel and use the authority that God has placed inside of us to conquer evil all around us. All authority belongs to Christ, so we need to do our part as he grants us that authority to spread the good news, to bind up the brokenhearted, to release the captives out of darkness. We are in a battle. And we fight against evil in high places, against principalities and powers, the powers of Satan. And it's an everyday battle. It's not one battle we win, it's over. No, we fight every day against the evil one. And we have authority to win every day. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for the Holy Spirit who you placed in us that we might have the authority that you've commissioned us with to go and do the work that you've called us to do. Lord, I pray as we do that work and we see you work through us, that we just give you all the glory because it's, because it's from you that we get this authority. And it's from you that all things are possible. And so Lord, we just give it back to you and say, Lord, you did this. These are the great things that you do among us. And Lord, you never quit working. We, we are always amazed of your great work. So Lord, I pray that you use us as we yield ourselves to you to do the work that you've called us to do. And Lord, as we do that very thing, I pray that you put a hedge about us. I pray that you protect us. And I pray, Lord, that you bless us. And I know you will. And Lord, the blessings always come in the work that we see You do all around us in other people's lives that are changed. And Lord, that just gives us the calm assurance to know that You're doing great works through the ministry that You've called us to. So Lord, I pray that we just continue to do the work that we don't get downhearted, that we don't get burnt out, but Lord, that we are encouraged to know that You are going to do great things. And so Lord, we look forward to them great things and then Lord, when we, when we see them, we will praise You. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. Amen. Would you stand and sing with me as we sing page... 134. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. Our prayer is that if you are touched by this message, that you will respond with action. If you would like to accept Christ as your Lord, we ask that you pray the following prayer. 
Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I do not deserve eternal life, but I believe that you died and rose from the grave to make me a new creation and to prepare me to dwell in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life, take control of my life, forgive my sins, and save me. I am now placing my trust in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this prayer with us today, then you know that you are truly saved. We'd love to hear from you so that we might connect in a meaningful way, encouraging you to be active in the local church, and share the same saving message of Jesus Christ. Please feel free to contact our pastor, visit our church, or find a Bible-believing local congregation near you. However you respond, please let us know.